Goosebumps number 62, Monster Blood 4. This blood is bad to the bone. It's four times as evil. Evan Ross can't forget about Monster Blood, the evil green slime that never stops growing. It can turn ordinary pets into ferocious animals and 12-year-old kids into freakish giants. But now there's a new kind of Monster Blood in town. It comes in a can just like the others. Only difference is this slime is blue instead of green. And instead of just growing, it's multiplying into terrifying blue creatures with a razor-sharp teeth. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. later yeah that's right because we started yeah it's taken us four years to get through the the original original 62 you guys there are so many other books after these there yeah dan and i were just talking about it like because we've been getting a lot of comments from people and questions and and questions that we genuinely had for each other too where it's like what do we do after the original 62 but like he's still writing them to this day so we're not going anywhere we got lots of stuff we have so much stuff we have some of the best stuff it's true absolute best stuff of the entire series i know it's like you know there's the original 62 but in case you guys didn't know there is something called tales to give you goosebumps which are uh, there's six books with 10 short stories in it. There's also this thing called Triple Header that happened in the 90s that are two books that are three stories each. Then there's Goosebumps Series 2000. Then there's Goosebumps Horrorland. Then there's Goosebumps Hall of Horrors. There's, then there's Give Go- Yourself Goosebumps. There's Slappy World Goosebumps books. So ugh, we're not going anywhere. So buckle up, bitch. It's going to be a Goosebumpy ride. Okay. There are lots lots more and lots better books than monster blood for you know we end the the original 62 on on a whimper whimp, on, whimp. on just this is not so great I, I mean this is um you know it's our third sequel so it's you know and it's been a while so it was goosebumps number 29 that was monster blood 3 so we've taken quite a hiatus from um the monster blood series and admittedly monster blood is not my favorite um uh, you know, if there's one, I don't, I personally don't need any more Monster Blood sequels, but there is some real dumb, hilarious, ridiculous shit that we's going to be talking about today. Yeah, Monster Blood 3 kind of pushed it for me, and I really feel like I'm good and I, did, I didn't need any more. Yeah. So, you know, I have to be honest, I was not thrilled about um, reading this again. In fact, I don't have any recollection of ever reading it originally. <laughs> I do. I definitely do. I don't. I don't even remember. I really don't. Um, I did not remember the ending. I was when I was rereading this one. 
the, the Daniel and listeners, there is some fucking shit at the end. You know this is Matthew talking because I'm saying fucking shit. No, but like there is some fucking crazy ass shit that happens at the very end of this book where I said, do what? Do what now? Huh? What are you saying? What are you saying about? There, yes, things get really crazy crazy and normally i like when goosebumps books get pretty crazy and this to me feels like it gets to like a level of ridiculousness that you can feel like and we're done with the original 62 so we're just here we go we're just gonna throw it all yeah there's not really a plot to this book just things kind of happen a little bit but not i mean really to- there is technically more of a plot than i live in your basement Yes, but you know what? And after this episode, you guys, Daniel and I are going to release an episode. Should I tell them? Sure. I mean, yeah, we're doing like a original 62 books retrospective. And so I will talk a little bit about this more in the next episode after this. But um, after rereading I Live in Your Basement, and it's one that I had written off, I now have a softer spot for it because the way you sold it to me, Daniel, and also the fact that it's just a nasty, scary, weird – I do think it's the scariest book in the series. And, you know – at least, at least with that one, you're right. It doesn't have a plot. I'm trying to like justify it this. It doesn't have. It doesn't plot. have a plot, but it has new scary imagery that we've never seen before. Now that being said, this book does have new scary imagery you've never seen before. But I don't know. It just doesn't quite tickle me in the same way. I mean, it's just this. It's there's some really actually really gross stuff in this book. It's the same sort of stuff, you guys. It's you know, uh, creatures are out of control. Parents don't believe them. We end up at a softball field. Like it's it's just the same old, same old. <laughs> but you know what? Those are some of the things I just love the most about me. It's true. Now this book came out in December nineteen ninety seven. It's Matthew, a wintry book. It's kind of Christmassy. It is kind of Christmassy and win. I wouldn't say Christmassy, but I would say wintry. I'm always trying to find holidays in everything that I do. That's true. Why don't you describe the cover for our listener? Oh. Okay, so this Goosebumps book, um, the I would say the colors of this original copy are a blue, purple, blue, and a um, desert rose. Mm, Those are the accurate. colors I would say. Accurate. And um, so again, as you guys heard at the beginning of this episode, Monster Blood is no longer green; it's blue. Does that make sense? Definitely not. Is it even no. Monster Blood we're talking about today? I'm not sure. Um, but the cover of this book is a bathroom, and in the bathroom there is a red and blue tiled floor, and the walls are kind of a salmon color, or as my ex boyfriend would say, salmon color, um, and. In this bathroom, there are, this is hotly contested online, but some people say there are 11 slugs on the cover of this book, and other people think it's a different number, but um, there are some... What do you say? um, I say... um, There are some that are covered by that um, Watch Goosebumps on Fox Kids. Yes, there's an orange sticker on the front of this book that says Watch Goosebumps on Fox Kids Network. Um, The idea of... uh, so, it, you know, there could be covered up ones, but I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So the eleventh one is covered up. But there, 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 um, ten or eleven blue slugs slop and slip slopping around this bathroom. Um, the slugs have giant, gorgeous bee stung lips um, that are kind of um, like a a dark butthole red. And they, these slugs have like antennae stalks sticking out of their slug bodies with angry yellow eyes with red, red and yellow eyes that are angrily looking at me. They, they look like really angry drag queen aliens that are kind of looking at you. Mm. And they're kind of all over the walls. They're slipping out of the sink. And then there's one that's kind of blown up like a balloon that's drinking water out of the shower 
faucet, essentially. Mm. Um, when I was thinking about the cover of this book and staring at it the other day, I was thinking, I don't like this cover of this book. I think this is trash and not at all representative of the book or indicative of it at all. And then I went in another direction where all of a sudden the cover became kind of beautiful and gorgeous to me. Um, and now I'm kind of slipping back in the original. So um, tweet us and and um, email us and post on our Instagram and tell, me, tell us whether you think it's ugly or completely gorgeous, which sometimes are, you know, a thin, thin line. Agreed. So <laughs> let's get into this book. Yes. <laughs> this book is in third person narration, which is only the case for monster blood books. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? I don't know. But, but it's true for all that. Yes, it's true. That It's true that it's true for all the, um, the, the monster blood books. Almost all the Goosebumps books are from um, first person. I, I, I. And then it you was know, such a You know, Stay at the Basement is not. Mm, very uh, good. And I... And maybe, I don't know. Well, definitely all the Monster Blood books are. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't think there's a reason. I think it was because originally the first one was written that way out of um, just how, how the universe worked out. I don't think it ha- was a, a I strong wanna say, choice. I want to say now that I think that Welcome to Dead House, well, Welcome to Dead House, Stay Out of the Basement, and Monster Blood, the first three books were all written in third person, I think. Well, I think maybe R.L. Stein was trying to stay with that since we never really got things from Evan's true, true, true eye perspective. Yeah, should we give a really, really quick, brief recap of the first three books just to catch us up? Sure. It's called Listen to the Previous Episodes about Wow. wow. <laughs> okay. That's I mean, right. you can give a quick summary. No, I like what you just said. Uh, you know, green stuff, it grows really big. Evan Ross. Bullies, annoying cousins, Atlanta hamsters he blows up like you guys understand right monster blood 3 is some crap monster blood 3 is honestly some real crap monster blood 2 is also some trash monster blood 2 is not as bad as monster yes blood it 3. is daniel i re-listened to our episodes this past weekend and we think it's better than it is it is not do you remember that giant metal wheel that his dad happens to be building that ends up being a hamster wheel Yes, I do. That is some stupid shit. So this book is in third-person narration. Our protagonist is the same one who's been the past three, Evan Ross. He has carrot-colored hair. His parents are going to Tucson for 10 to 11 days, um, uh, you know, as part of their mysterious jobs. And as as Goosebumps' parents are wont to do, it's the wintertime, and... Evan is going to be staying with his cousin Kermit, who lives just a couple houses down. They live in Atlanta, and he is being—he has been hired by his aunt Dee to, while he stays with them, to like babysit Kermit. Yeah, which I don't know what like. There's not real a real necessary. Why I don't understand why he can't just stay with them and why he has to stay with them and also babysit. It's a plot device because this whole book rests on like this frustration of Evan having to feel responsible for his cousin and he he gets blamed for literally everything. Mm, that's that's a good point. So um, the book starts off with Evan's mom who has knit him a bright green green sweater and this bright green Christmas sweater reminds him of monster blood and that's that's sort of the, how the tag for how Arlstein introduces the exposition, basically. Um, Evan is taking, like, packs his suitcase and walks down. Pack the... my shoot case? Pack my sh- toilet paper and water. Evan, go pack his suitcase. Pack my suitcase. 
he rolls the suitcase down the street and he rolls it through the backyards, I guess. Sure. And behind, if you remember, behind Kermit's house, they kind of like share backyards. They're opposite each other. Lives a bully named Conan. And <sighs> Conan, <laughs> is it Conan or Conan? Did we Let's just say on? both. Let's go back and forth. So Conan is big and beefy. He stops Evan. and I'm so tired of Conan and Kermit. I'm really, really tired of them. He wears He's wearing a gray muscle shirt and tight black spandex shorts. I mean, call me. And he, you know, just is a bully and ends up stomping on Evan's feet and is just a total bully. And he's about to let him go until Kermit comes out of the house. And if you remember, Kermit is Evan's little cousin who is like a scientific genius and comes up with all these potions that are ludicrous. Yes, like mind-bending, space-twisting in, in inventions and potions that he mixes up that don't make any logical sense. But they are kind of a stretch, even for a Goosebumps book. Mm. He's a skinny little kid with red plastic glasses, which actually sounds... Red plastic glasses kind of sound cute to me. Yeah. He comes running out of the house and he comes screaming at Conan to leave Evan alone, leave him alone. Cut to... We are inside the house now, um, Kermit's house and Aunt Dee's house, where you know it's the aftermath of Evan being beaten up by Conan, and his one of his sweater sleeves of the green sweater that his mom has knit him is literally stretched to the floor, and he has messed up his sweater. And Aunt Dee is like is chiding. Evan is like, oh, Evan, oh, you, you, you know, you shouldn't pick on someone so big like Conan. And Evan's like, what do you mean? Because like, everything he, is always Evan's he fault. He picked on me. Kermit is totally obnoxious and makes the situation worse always. Now, Auntie is making dinner, and there is this sort of trope that I don't remember from the previous books. But I think is funny. Everything she makes is, all the food she makes is super, super spicy. I would like that shit. I like spicy stuff. Me too. And Evan is, is legitimately scared to eat the food because it's too spicy. And he's like, oh no, auntie's making dinner. Am I going to be able to eat it? And now he has to baby, while she's making dinner, he has to babysit Kermit. He's like, let's, Evan's like, hey, let's play with super soakers outside. But Kermit's like, no, I want to go to the basement to show you something I've been working on. Me, as he does this, Kermit's sheepdog dog face keeps like slamming his body into Evan and will continue to do this to characters for the rest of the book, just like bumping into them and shoving them over. It's a big old sheepdog. Anyway, Kermit takes Evan to the basement. He blindfolds Evan. It's like, I want to do an experiment. Evan's like, what's happening? And Kermit's like, don't worry. This is. This is trash. And he says, reach into this jar. Can you feel this jar? Reach into this jar. And Evan's like, okay. Are you terrified yet? And he says, reach into this jar and tell me what's inside. And the jar is filled with tarantulas. And too scary. Evan starts Not freaking okay. out, and Kermit says, "Oh, I'm just doing an experiment on fear. This is part of the experiment. Apparently, only tarantulas bite you if they sense you're afraid. So try to not be afraid, or and otherwise they'll bite you. And don't worry, but but beware because tarantella bites are really painful. So yeah, so that's why I blindfolded. That's why I blindfolded you so you wouldn't know what you were touching because they sense your fear. It doesn't make any sense. And while he's it doesn't make any sense, does it? While he <laughs> while Evan starts freaking out, Dogface bumps him again, and the tarantulas go flying through the air, one landing on top of Evan's head, like in his hair. And in Evan, his carrot-colored hair. Evan's freaking out, and while he is freaking out, his friend Andy from every other Goosebumps, um, every other Monster Blood book, just appears down the stairs, and... If you remember, Andy, she's just like she's like the sassy neighbor friend who just kind of shows up like Urkel all the time. 
Yeah, she's always around. And didn't she, like, move to be near them or something? Yes, I think that's true. And she also always, you you know Andy's in the house because she's always wearing bright, tacky, clashing color outfits. Like today, she's wearing a shiny magenta windbreaker over yellow tights and has a bright orange backpack. You know, four years ago when we started this podcast, I might read her for that look, but today I'm living. That is... um generous Mm. and evan is like trying to remain calm as the spider is like crawling through his hair and another is crawling up his arm and andy totally ignoring that just pulls out a blue plastic can of monster blood oh okay. and it's like look what i have she also does this like eight times in this book i feel like um i'm pretty sure she does it more than that (laughs) evan screams no 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 not monster blood and he goes i'm just i'm just fooling see it's empty and she helps pull the spiders off of him what a great joke thanks andy and says i was just teasing you about the monster blood i was only fooling so then that is just told all that's totally brushed aside and they all go outside and have a super soaker fight just Evan and Kermit, though, as Andy watches. And they're, like, spraying each other. And Evan is running through the backyard and bumps into Conan, who's always in the backyard. Mm. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, Conan. But while he's apologizing to Conan, Kermit comes up from behind Evan and, like, reaches, like, under Evan's arm and squeezes the trigger of the water gun that he's holding. So Evan's water gun is sprays all over Conan's new white tenny shoes. <laughs> and... um. Conan starts to freak out, but Andy decides to distract him by pulling out that can of monster blood. And she says, this one's not empty. In fact, this one's full. It's the real deal. And Conan's like, oh, what's in there? What is that I want to see? And opens the can. No, no, please don't open the can of monster blood. So here we go. So as he opens it, three cloth snakes pop out. What? You tricked me. And Conan is so mad that he's been duped. He's so very mad that he turns red and just stomps away. Wow. He sounds really really mad and kermit as he's as conan stomps away kermit goes oh i remembered something stay right here don't move you guys and runs down to the basement and he comes back with a glass case of six or eight white mice and he says oh watch this and he dumps all the mice onto the grass yep mm-hmm. and they're like what are you doing why the, the mice are going to run away he says no 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 i just remembered that i set up this electric fence in the backyard that will keep them all contained so let me show you how they can escape but they can't escape and then he says, oh, no, actually, I forgot to turn it on. So they probably all ran away for good. He says, let me turn it on. And Kermit presses a red button on his control unit. And then Evan gets zapped and literally gets shocked by electricity. Okay. Can we just stop for a second? No. Okay, great. Keep going. And then, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I just wanted to point out really quickly, like, do you understand why this is not a plot? Like, there's things are, like, just, like, actually happening. Also, he says, like, the, the mice would experience, like, a mild shock or something like that. But just, like, cut to, like, just, like, nonstop lightning zaps and smacks that are going to happen from this cartoon electric fence. It zaps Evan so bad that his hair stands straight up in the air. And I think that would kill a tiny mouse. Yeah. Or and, like a 12-year-old. Mm, maybe. And Kermit's like, oh, no. Well, oh, sorry, you shouldn't stand there. That's where the electric fence is. But hurry, we have to catch all the mice. And I, I fucking hate Kermit. I really I really don't like him. Yeah, hate's and, a strong word. And Dogface comes running out of nowhere, barking like crazy, Bitch. which causes Conan to come outside again, even though he was only gone for about, what, two minutes? Mm, if that. And he says, you better shut that dog up. And as Conan is walking towards them, he gets zapped by the electric fence. Oh, zap. And Conan is so mad, and he absolutely blames it on Evan. 
Mm. Now, cut to again, we are inside, and Evan has been beaten up. He's at the dinner table with an ear that uh, is described as looking like red cabbage. If you remember, though, in the previous books, this becomes like a trope in the in in especially Monster Blood 3 for every time I guess only in Monster Blood 3 where like every time Conan Conan beats up Evan it's like you know he squeezes his hand and you hear bones b- crack and break or you know my look face like looks like yeah my or my face looks like red hamburger meat so like this is just the world we live in this is just how things are in Atlanta yeah, I, it's really scary. And Aunt D again at the dinner table chides him, say, you really shouldn't pick fights with big kids. And Kermit says, yeah, and Evan lost all of my mice, too. Why don't you go sit on a tack, Aunt D, you dumb clown? Aunt D says, you know what, Evan? You are being irresponsible. You are not taking care of Kermit. And that is not what I hi- I hired you to be responsible and Evan's like, oh, God. He takes a bite of Aunt D's spaghetti and starts screaming, yay, at the top of his lungs because it's so, so spicy. I want to try it. I know. I want to try it, too. Mm. So later at bedtime, Evan's lips are so swollen because of the spicy spaghetti that he says they're like two big, fat salamis. Gorgeous. We have to get some of this spaghetti. And then with that, with his salami lips plus his cabbage ear, Evan is sick of it. Yeah. He's sick of being misunderstood, and he says, I have to get revenge on Conan. And he is revenge, staying in Kermit's revenge, room with get him. Revenge. And Monster he's, like, Blood staying four, in some the, sort the, of, like, the, cot the or something. And Kermit's, like, as they're going to bed, Kermit's like, you want to get revenge on Conan? I have a plan. You want to? And Kermit says, here, let me show you something. And he goes into a drawer and pulls out a greasy black hair-covered ball. <sighs> And tells him that this ball is actually an egg that's been doused by his secret hair-growing formula. Hold on, I have to go throw up now. Okay, are you done? I just finished throwing up. And he says, this is perfect. We can take my hair-growing formula and we can test it on Conan. And he was like, oh, we can put it on his hands and make him have hairy hands forever and it'll be so great. And then he'll have hairy palms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Evan can't sleep that night because he's thinking about this genius well thought out plan as you guys know if you've listened before revenge plans always go well in goosebumps book always and he can't sleep because he's so excited about the plan he but eventually falls asleep and has nightmares about white mice eating monster blood growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and he wakes up in the middle of the dream to hear a tapping sound and sees a giant mouse at the window pause sometimes the dream sequences are the best parts of the books just like this one so he blinks a couple times and realizes that no, it's not a mouse. It's just Andy. And he says that the reason for that is because he was only half awake at first. So his dreams were coming into the real world. Oh, okay. That isn't normal. Right. He goes to the window and says, Andy, what's going on? She says, I have to show you something. Kermit's dead asleep. He's snoring his little tits off. And Evan throws him some clothes and joins Andy outside. She's wearing her magenta windbreaker and silver leggings and a red wool cap. Ooh, work. She's serving you holiday real nah. And she says, this is what I needed to show you. A can of monster blood. No, please, Andy, don't. She says, I found this. I found this behind the lab on Petrie where my dad works in the parking lot behind the lab and just a pile of stuff. Okay. It was next to a bottle of Instatan. Okay, okay. And she says, I know how we can Slow go- down. So so Andy finds this can that she for some reason thinks is monster blood. Yeah? No. She finds – she has an empty plastic can of monster blood. Okay. Then she also has another empty can of monster blood that 
is not empty. She put cloth snakes in it. And then, independent of those, she found an actual can of blue plastic monster blood in a blue plastic can of monster blood in a parking lot in some junk. So how does she know that this is monster blood in this blue plastic can that she found in a parking lot one night in a pile of stuff? I think it's because the can says monster blood on it. It would have to because I don't understand how else she could know for sure that it was monster blood or say it was monster blood. But it never expressly says in the book that it says that it's monster blood on this plastic can that Andy just finds in some parking lot. That is correct. She it is just it is just described as a blue plastic can. So maybe all all of these are just blue plastic cans that look identical. So Andy just one night was hanging out in the parking lot behind the lab where her dad works his his mysterious job and she found this plastic labelless blue can. That's correct. And she decided to share this with uh, with Evan in the middle of the night. Yeah, she had to wake him up to find this blue can she found in the trash at 2 a.m. behind her, her sketchy dad's office. Yes, you have that correct. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure that I had all of that correct. And she says, hey, I have a great idea of how we can get revenge on Conan. We can take some of this monster blood I found and put a little bit of it in his lunch like we tried to do in the second book Mm. and as they talk um kermit wakes up and he's woken up and has climbed out the window and before they know it he's grabbed the can from them and said cool monster blood is it real and opens the can okay great so we're totally getting rid of the hair growing revenge plan for conan now we're going to take this can that may or may not be monster blood and feed it to conan to make him huge for revenge did they not try and do this in the second and third book monster blood four and he, um, Evan tries to grab the can from Kermit, says, close it, close it, hurry. But as he's doing that, he accidentally knocks the lid from Kermit's hand. And mm. the lid of the can goes flying, is caught by the wind, and flies up onto the roof. Okay, great. They have to get that lid immediately. They just have to get it now. I know, before Aunt Dee wakes up. So instead of dealing with the open can of monster blood, they decide they need to get this lid. They can't cover it with their hands. They can't cover it with anything else. They have to get this lid. They don't have time to look inside the can. They just have to get the lid. So Kermit goes to grab a ladder from the garage. Mm. And meanwhile, Evan and Andy do look into the can and they see that it is blue. Huh. And that the monster blood in there is plopping and flopping around like a wave, a blue wave. Wow. I, I, you know, it's interesting that this is definitely monster blood that they have. and But th- this time it's it's blue. Right. And Kermit has grabbed the ladder, but Andy's like, oh, let me climb up there because you're probably too short to grab the lid anyway. And Andy climbs the ladder, but as, as she's about to grab the lid, the, that wind that was around earlier just blows it to the ground. So all of that was for naught. Mm. They managed to grab the lid just as Conan appears in the middle of the night in the backyard. In the middle of the night. And starts asking what's going on. And he scares Evan so badly that Evan drops the can of monster blood. Evan... Evan manages to pick up the the can without without any spilling out. Thank God. Thank God. Conan's like, what is that? And Kermit says, oh, 
don't you know? That's it's candy. That's blue fruit roll in a barrel. It's the cool new thing. Don't you want blue fruit roll? And Conan says, mm, I like to try some of that. I like me think candy. Give me all your candy. And as he comes forward, he gets zapped by the electric fence again. Whoops. And Kermit pretends to reach in and start eating the blue candy. And Conan is so angry, but he can't come through the fence without getting shocked. And Conan just stomps back home again. And Jiggity jig. We look over and it turns out, you know, I, as I said, Kermit was like pretending to eat candy out of the can, but he didn't realize he was holding the can completely upside down mm. and a bright blue blob flops out and wiggles and rolls around on the grass. Oh, oh, okay. Now that blob stands up kind of like a creature. Mm. And it this ha- is definitely monster blood. It has a little blue head that has popped up for the rest of its body. And that blue head has a curved gash for a mouth and two big round eyes. Cute. Yeah, it sounds very, very cute. I love, I wish the cover of the book had looked more like this instead of those drag queen snails. No, no, no. The cover of the book looks absolutely nothing like these are described. Oh, okay. And this little creature starts squeaking and hopping around. It's the size of a chipmunk and it is cute and friendly and very cute. They try to catch it, but it's so cold and slick and hairless and slippery like a cute little blue little baby seal with button eyes. Same. And it ends up sort of like hopping over to Andy and lets her pet it. Cute. And even purrs like a little kitty. Classic monster blood. But then it hops out of her hands and Evan tries to catch it, but it slips out of his hands by turning into a lawn shape of a dick, like a worm. Ooh, that makes you feel sick. And it, it ends up leaving blue slime on his hands and slivers on over to the hose. Mm. The hose in the backyard and starts drinking from the hose. Oh, I didn't realize the hose was just on all the time. And it starts... <laughs> drink from it i think it does turn on the hose if i'm not mistaken mm. and it starts sucking on that hose and growing big like a balloon oh this is starting to make me feel sick and then they try and pull it off but it's sucking so hard on the balloon and its body is so wet and slippery that it they can't pull it off and it starts growing to the size of a big beach fall and when it gets that big it pops and it explodes and it covers all three of them in thick cold blue slime i have to leave because now i have to go throw up okay and in it, when when the after the explosion they look and they see that now there are two little blue blob creatures. Oh, they're multiplying. They're very cute, and they're like, oh no, we have to get them because now they are our responsibility for some reason. Oh, okay. It's Ev- Evans being paid to babysit these little blue creatures. And they say, what if Aunt D comes out and sees us with these two little blue creatures? We have to catch them. Aunt D needs to chill out and sit on a D and just chill out. <laughs> Evan tries to use the hose to sp- to keep them in line by spraying them up against the side of the wall to keep them in place. Mm, okay, like uh, water torture. Yes, and it works for a little while, but then they start opening their mouths and start drinking the water that he's spraying at them, and they blow up and expand and expand, and then they pop. And now there are four little creatures jumping on the bed. Oh, I just threw up. Oops. They st- and, and they start sucking up water from the grass now. We should probably give them more water. That will help. Andy notices that they don't seem, even though they're face down sucking on grass, they don't seem to be smiley creatures like the previous ones were. Isn't that strange? Huh. And they try and gather all four of them up, but one of them starts biting, hops up and bites Evan's arm. And it bites it clean off? Yeah, it bites his arm off. No, 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 wait. 
I'm sorry. It actually just starts sucking on his skin, trying to suck the moisture out. Shoot, I just threw up all over my new pants. And then Kermit tries to pull it off and manages to pull the creature off of Evan's arm with a loud old pop. Oh, no. And they notice that these creatures are like kind of like a little angrier, angry, I guess. And they start bouncing around, sucking on the hose, rolling in the grass. Yeah, these creatures have changed. They're not as cute and sweet as they were literally a minute and a half ago. And they start exploding and multiplying as they suck on more and more water. Oh, great. I just threw up all over my new blouse. And Kermit tries to catch them in a butterfly net that he gets from the garage, but they chew through the net. And the Mm. creatures now are rolling and bumping around in Aunt Dee's flower bed. And one creature jumps up and starts sucking on Andy's face, sucking on her mouth so she can't breathe. Now I'm sitting in a pile of my own sick. (laughs) (laughs) Evan tries to pull it off of Andy's face, but it's really hard because the creature is so slippery and strong. And then they keep hearing more pops and pops and explosions and more creatures keep um, appearing and multiplying, except these now have sharp teeth. Oh, this is all happening very fast, and it is not a plot. No, and it's also in the middle of the night. Yeah. Now, they manage to get two big trash bags, big mm. black trash bags, mm-hmm. and they, with a shovel, they end up shoving all of them into two trash bags. Okay, okay, cool, cool. And it's a madcap adventure getting them into the trash bags, and once, once the second they're all caught, the porch light comes on, and it's Aunt Dee. Wow, I'm so glad that she missed all of the drama. And, um... They, they're all scrambled to like pull themselves together and Kermit and Andy grab the trash bags and take them down to the basement which must have a separate entrance into the house from outside. Yes, it sucks that no one turned off the hose though now because now there's so much water running everywhere but keep going. Aunt Dee is furious with Evan and says, Evan, what are you doing? You're out here messing up my flower bed. And Evan, who I think should be covered in a bunch of thick blue slime, says, oh, actually, I just came outside because I heard a noise. And she said, oh, Evan, I'm so disappointed in you. And... Because they've decided that the monster blood creatures are their responsibility, Evan and, well, Andy and Kermit have have hidden them in the basement somewhere. Stay out of the basement. And Evan goes to bed, and Kermit has already snuck back inside through the basement from inside, I guess. And Mm -hmm. who knows where Andy is. And he's like, oh, gosh. Out from under? Inside out. Yes. That's both of those. And he says, all right. Oh, man, it has been a crazy night. Kermit's already asleep, and he mm. goes to lie down in his cot and feels something cold and wet on his back. It's and he screams blood. and screams and screams. And it turns out it's not monster blood. It's just a wet washcloth that Kermit left there as a prank. Classic cute Kermit, always thinking ahead. Evan wakes up in the morning after having nightmares about big blue balloons. Yep, same. And he says, all right, we've got to get up and dispose of these black trash bags. And Aunt D, Aunt D is gone for the day because she's out at the garden store to get more flowers to replace her ruined flowers. Yeah, to, to, to have something she can have control over because she has no love for herself or love in her life. And we're, and I was about to say uh, um, she drove her husband away, but maybe that's too harsh. Maybe. Um, Kermit said, yeah, we just locked them in the bathroom in the basement. And Evan says, the bathroom where there's a faucet and there's a shower? What were you thinking? Great. I've got a bad feeling about this, Daniel. So they open the door to the bathroom in the basement, and they see that the room is filled with hundreds of creatures. Oh, okay. Now, these creatures not only have sharp teeth, they're covered in black tufts of hair. Oh, shoot. I just threw up all over my closet. And they... (laughs) They are sucking on the faucets and drinking from the toilet and sucking on the sink. 
I hate this a lot. And um, one attacks Evan and starts sucking on his sweatshirt. Oh, okay. And Evan screams, it's sucking. It's sucking. This book is sucking. <laughs> Evan no- notices that they all seem angrier and more ferocious than last night. Yeah, they're not who I thought they were. And Kermit points out that they must have, uh, you know, drank the hair formula that Kermit secretly kept in there, which is why they're all covered in thick, thick greasy black hair. So now they're a bunch of slippery, blue, angry, gnashing teeth balloons with long, gorgeous black hair. That's right. I hate it. And as soon as they open the door, basically, they all start flopping out. These wild, jagged teeth, gnashing teeth, bounding up the stairs, continuing to explode and multiply everywhere, and they're running around everywhere. No. Now, what are they gonna... What are they gonna do? Kermit has an idea. He says, oh... Uh, let's push them towards the backyard. There's the electric fence. If we can herd them into the backyard, they'll be zapped by the electric fence. Zzz. So they grab brooms mm-hmm. and they start smacking and poking the hairy blobs up the stairs that lead to outside. Oh, okay, great. And um, Andy meets them. She's in the yard wearing bright green leggings and a purple sweater. Work. And they're like Goosebumps colors I know They all three of them Somehow manage She probably knows It's the last book Of the original series That's why That's why Oh Andy They managed to somehow Get the creatures Into like a A line It Uh said And then they push The line Towards the edge of the yard To get zapped But then they realize Nothing happens Um And All the creatures Have moved into Conan's backyard And Kermit says Oh no I forgot to turn it on So he flips it on And Evan gets zapped again. Classic situation. And these blobs are rolling towards Conan's yard as Conan, of course, comes outside. And he he thinks they're balloons. He comes and sees all them. He goes, it's not my birthday. Get all these balloons out of my yard. He has a can of Coke in his hand. And one of the creatures jumps up and starts sucking on the Coke hand and then explodes into two new hairy creatures. You know what I really want? What? I want... A can of ice-cold Coke and spaghetti with really, really spicy sauce. And then for dessert, I want a blue fruit roll. Oh, wow. I want one in a can. Mm. Conan's like, I know that you created these in your weird little lab, Kermit. It's going to be payback time real soon. And just goes back inside and like kind of just ignores the fact that they Wow. Were... Drink every time Conan stomps away angrily. And so Evan and Andy and Kermit are like, what are we going to do with all these creatures running around? They're now our responsibility and we have to take care of them. <sighs> and I-, I would just like to point out that maybe this makes me a terrible person. But if this were happening, I would just go inside and lock the door. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't worry. I would just be like, well, let the... like." I didn't create these things. No, it's not our responsibility. Anyway, they run back inside and Aunt D is in there. She must be back from the garden store and she's making hot spaghetti sauce for more spaghetti for her like book club or something. Yes, for her reading club. Now, this is potentially the most ludicrous version of the protagonists trying to tell the parents that something scary is going on and the parents are ignoring them. Mm. It's it's really up there. They freak out and they tell her everything. They're like, oh my god, we opened a can of blue monster blood. It sucked on water. It exploded. And now there's millions. And they have, they're covered in black hair. And she's, her response is, that's nice. As she's just like, um, stirring her stirring hot the sauce. hot sauce. And they're like, what? 
aren't you listening? She says, no, no, go on with your story. And they tell her everything. They're like, they're running around outside. You can see them outside. We're all going to die. And she says, that's nice. And she doesn't even respond. And they say, look out the window, mom. She says, ugh, I can't right now. I'm busy with my sauce. (laughs) Then the phone rings and Auntie says, Evan, will you stir my sauce while I answer the phone? I've been waiting for this phone call. They and, and they're like, oh damn it! If only your mom had just looked out the window, she would have seen all these monsters. As Evan's stirring, he looks out to the backyard and sees all the blobs are charging towards Dog Face's dog house, where they always keep um, the super. Soakers. Remember the super soakers they were going to play with earlier. Remember, and, remember, and they see the blob creatures hop in, and there's a huge explosion and <gasps> more being born, I guess. And then um, they have an idea, maybe. If they drink the hot sauce, it'll kill them like the monster from How to Kill a Monster. Yes, exactly. Oh, no, wait. That didn't work. Oh, shoot. I thought it did. No. The oh, mon- okay. The monster blood is everywhere outside, and they've moved on to other yards, and they're sucking up a pond two houses down, and they bring the big old pot of hot sauce out into the middle of the backyard and just stop and wait for the monster blood to notice it, which it do- which they do. And as the monster blood starts hopping towards the pot, Dogface comes out of nowhere and heads straight towards the pot, too. No, Dogface is going to die. Dogface knocks over the pot, and the monster blood starts lapping it up but so does dog face and it's so spicy that this makes me sad dog face starts howling in pain and arlstein points out that his black eyes are rolling in his head mm. and then the monster blood starts jumping on dog face this and sucking on his disturbing fur. sequence of the book for me yeah it's really gross dog face starts freaking out because there are all these creatures sucking on him and he starts howling and running and zigzags through into the street and they all chase him through the street. I hate the idea of these ugly, like, blue balloons with black hair and them sucking on a dog while it's running away. I hate it. You, you, you said it. <sighs> <laughs> and they start, like, chasing him through the street. And I'm like, what about cars? They notice that the monster blood is everywhere, running, ar- like, rolling around the streets, causing mayhem in yards. Mayhem Miller. And they follow Dogface. All the- he- Dogface runs all the way to the softball field near the school, where the school is. And is it a fact that every Goosebumps protagonist... Their school is in walking distance and there's a softball field. No, it's a fact for every even-numbered book in the series, though. Oh, but there was one in 61. I know, but after the second book, it started to be in every single book. (laughs) (laughs) They follow Dogface to the softball field and... um, and Gwenny is there swinging a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Marco. Look out. And, and Dogface passes out onto the, onto the field and is dead. Yep. <laughs> and they manage to pull the monster blood bobs off of Dogface. And Dogface is not dead, but he's like barely breathing. And as they do that, one clamps onto Evan's wrist with its jaws. Because mm, now they have sharp teeth. And they have gorgeous big slug lips and antenna slug eyes. Oh, wait, that never happens. But Dogface is at least breathing and is still alive. This is too much. Monster Blood starts swarming the field and swarming the whole, all of it land up. They hear police sirens wailing. <laughs> There's madness. People are screaming. This is true. This is happening. This is really happening. Police this off- really happened in real life. <laughs> police officers start running towards Andy and Evan and Kermit. And I guess they remember them from all... From when Evan blew up, like... Last summer? <laughs> I guess it was last summer. They didn't even talk about the time, how much time has passed since the previous book, really. And the police are running towards them like it's their fault. And they can't get to them, though, because there's too much monster blood rolling around. And Is it monster blood? Oh, that's a great question. Mm. The monster blood attacks Kermit. Evan tries to help pull the monster blood. Now, I'd like to point out, is it not that when 
the monster blood attacks someone, they are chewing them with their sharp teeth, right? Yes, that's what's described. So Kermit should probably be dead from injuries, right? Yes, there should be a lot of blood. Andy's also Andy is covered in them like completely, and they jump on Evan and chomp him to to bits and press him. He's so covered in monster blood that he's pressed into the earth, pressing him, smothering him so deep into the ground that he can't breathe anymore, and then he dies. (laughs) And he's well, he doesn't die. It's a chapter break. He's about to die when all of a sudden they jump off him. And then he notices that they jump off of Andy and Kermit, too. And they start attacking each other. Okay, great. And they start tugging on each other's hair with their teeth, growling, swallowing each other up. And when they eat one another, they just disappear. Like, they mm. swallow them up and pop into um, nothingness, right? Uh, yeah. They they eat each other. And then there's literally absolutely no trace of anything after they've eaten each other. Because that makes definite sense. You mean they eat each other up? Yes, they do. And... They just all disappear, so there's nothing... All the monster blood eats itself, and there's nothing left anywhere but slime and black tufts of hair. Yes, that's right. And Andy points out that they had evolved to becoming meaner and meaner every time they multiplied until they were so mean that they killed each other. Right. And Mm -hmm. the police officers now have room to come over to them and say, you again, you kids are in trouble. Why are these kids in trouble for this? I I, I don't know. Andy says, for what? There's no evidence of anything. And the police officer's like, you're right. There's no evidence. We can't pin this on you, even though that makes no sense. And when the police officer says to the other officer, it's like, can't we get them for littering? And And the other officer says, come on, let's just get out of here and pretend none of this ever happened. (laughs) I'm down. So they just go home. Mm. And as they walk up to the house, Aunt D comes out furious. And she says, my hot sauce, my hot sauce. And Kermit says, I can explain. You see. I actually love this. Evan loves your hot sauce. He loves it so much, he ate it all. And Auntie says, really? Oh. I am so flattered, Evan. That is so sweet. I didn't know you loved my hot sauce. So much that you drank that entire pot. You know what? I'll make you some more. But why don't you go grab the pot from wherever it is and bring it back inside? You think you could? You promise, baby. So they walk to the backyard to get the pot. And in the backyard, they see a hulking figure with big glowing red eyes coming at them from behind the garage. No, please. Well... Actually, it's just a man in a space suit or, well, a hazmat suit who looks like a creature. He's wearing red shiny goggles. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And he says, oh, the police officers sent me to you guys. They said that you would know, you would be able to help. They said that you were um, where those blue blobs came from, which doesn't really make much sense. Nope. And he says, you see, those were my blue creatures. I'm Professor Eric Crane from the Science Institute downtown. (laughs) He says, please, please give me the monster blood can. And they went to go grab it because I guess the can was just left in the garage or something. And can you read this guy's explanation for what happened? He says, well, they give him the can or whatever. And Andy explains to him and says, those creatures, they got meaner and meaner. They got so mean that they ate each other up. And it says... Professor Eric Crane from the Science Institute downtown sighs and says, I know. That's why I threw them away. My underwater fighting force was a total failure. And Evan says, fighting force? And Professor Crane explains, I developed the blue liquid in my lab. It was supposed to be a monster fighting force. For underwater combat, a special army of fighters who would get meaner and meaner and multiply underwater until they outnumbered the enemy. And then Kermit says, 
cool idea. And Professor Crane says, but it didn't work. They get too mean. It was a bad experiment. But I should have been more careful when I tossed the can out. Much more careful. And then he shakes his head and says, I spent 10 years on this. 10 years and $50 million. (laughs) All a waste. All a total waste. Now he's holding this can of monster blood and Dogface bumps into him and the can goes flying. So the can is rolling into Conan's yard, which I pictured as very far away. So it must have really gone flying. And they all say, who cares? It's empty. No, it doesn't matter. Let's just leave it there. And Professor Crane says, please don't tell anyone about this. It'd be so embarrassing. And then he just walks away. Conan comes out of the house because he has to, and he picks up the can, and Kermit says, actually, I don't think that was empty. I think there was a little bit left in there, but who cares? What? If Conan opens it, it'll be the perfect revenge, and everything will be fine. Okay, bye. And so the three of them go inside for lunch. And after lunch, they hear Conan screaming at them from outside. And he sa- and they're like, what is it, Conan? He said, hey, I found that blue, can- that, that blue candy of yours, and I ate it all. It was pretty good. But I have two small problems, you see. One, I can't stop drinking water. And two, look over here. And as he says that, three more Conans come from out from from inside the his house. Oh god. And then they all all the Conans form a circle around Evan, Kermit and Andy. So now I'm going to read you the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the last Goosebumps book in the original series number 62 Monster Blood 4. Evan Ross was thinking about Monster Blood. He thought about Monster Blood a lot. This is my other problem, Conan said, narrowing his eyes menacingly at Evan. There are four of us now, and I don't know why, but we're feeling meaner than usual. That's it, you guys. Okay, I need to talk about this. So, the Eric Crane underwater monster fighting force is might be the single most ridiculous thing that we've heard of this entire series. It made me laugh out loud so hard because he he goes, what a total failure. 10 years and 50 million dollars that this guy's just been working on by himself somewhere. Where did he get the 50 million dollars? And then it doesn't work out. So he takes a tiny little can and tosses it outside in the parking lot in, in the trash. It doesn't make no sense. Like, I cannot get over that. I did not remember the twist ending, but, like, I was really hoping Conan would get some kind of comeuppance, but then, of course, he didn't. And that made me want to groan and throw up even more. Oh, well, what did you give it? Um, I gave it a D+. Plus. Would you still give it a D+. Plus? I would. I definitely would. All right. Well, you What guys... about you? What did you think? Um, I thought it was, um, an unimportant book. Yes, I agree. And I thought it was... Frankly, almost a waste. I thought it was serviceable. I don't think it's, like, um, truly the most piss-poor book in the series. Mm. But, um, I'm not totally sure. It could, it could be. I was trying to think of things that, what I do like about it is 
um, I think the Eric Crane thing is so stupid and ridiculous that I kind of love it. And I think if the cover of the book hadn't been drag queen snails and it had been those black, those brown black eyes and maybe some sharp teeth and those monsters genuinely had been cuter on the cover of the book, I think for some reason I would have judged the book by its cover more and liked it more because of that. Can you see that? I can absolutely see that. I really can. I just don't like Kermit and I don't like Conan. Um, and... I don't need those characters anymore. I'm I'm so done with them. I wonder if we would have liked it more if maybe it weren't like a monster blood story. Yeah. Yeah, because this is not a monster blood story and has absolutely nothing to do with monster blood. It's like the babysitter four from the Arlstein books, the Arlstein books from the early nineties where it's like the first three books are kind of the same thing. And then the fourth book, it just happens to be a babysitter, but it's not the same killer. You know what I mean? Mm. That's a reference that like maybe three people will get in the world. I'm one of them. But like, um, um, and there's two more. Are you one of the two? Um, because it's like characters from the Monster Blood saga, I guess, but they don't actually ever directly deal with Monster Blood in this. So I think that's a. But like also, we're. I don't know. Maybe were crowds clamoring for more Monster Blood books back then? Were were these like big hit books? You know what I mean? I think over time we've seen that like people love Slappy and like because there's been so many Night of the Living Dummy books now and like a Slappy World series that I don't know why that Monster Blood needed four books and it well, gets another one too. It's Goosebumps Harland number three Monster Blood for Breakfast, but Evan does not come back as the protagonist of that book. It's an athlete named Matt Daniels, and that's more about which we will get to in like three years, um, which, but it, which is about, you know, it's more about like you eat monster blood and you grow. You know what I mean? Mm, yes, that tends to be what it's about. Yeah, but uh, Arlstein must have fun writing these books. Well, you must know what? They, they wouldn't have made so, there wouldn't have been so many sequels if it weren't one of the most popular or best-selling books of the I series. I guess that's true. Maybe it's like one of... Out of the earlier books, it was the easiest to have sequels of. You know what I mean? Like Night of the Living Dummy or like sequelable books like Monster Blood. And Monster Blood was the third one that ever came out. You know what I mean? I think more – I think people really like Monster Blood more than you do. Okay. Okay. Th- thank you because I need to get an outside perspective and I know that the world doesn't revolve around me. I think I, – I really do. I think it's just – I think in some ways and it's because we think of the Goosebumps font on the book. You say this every episode. And – that's monster blood yeah. you know yeah that's what people associate it as that in the tv series it sl- it slops down during the credits and like end credits and beginning credits yeah i guess you're right you know it seems like such a that's why it was so part. heavily featured in the movies too like that's me right <laughs> man i could i could just i call shade i could just i really could um and i think you know there is like a slime element that's very appealing mm. and everybody loves their slime and gack was very popular at the time you also say that every time and you know it's because i'm consistent and j- much true. much like the books are the same every time as um so, so shall i mm-hmm. anyway we're done with the first 62 <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for these first 62. Like I said early in the episode, the next episode that's coming back is going to coming back. That's coming out is like a will be such a fun, cute little retrospective us looking back in the series. And then we're going to launch. We have so many more books that I'm so excited about. I'd like to point out that the back of this book, you know, normally on the back of every Goosebumps book, it tells you which Goosebumps book is next. And this one just says. 
Don't Miss What's Next from R.L. Stein, Goosebumps Series 2000. So in these original Goosebumps books as well, at the end of every book, there was like two or three chapters that was a preview of the next book that was coming out. And at the original, if you've never seen like the original Goosebumps books, on the back cover, it would always give you a preview of the next one. But at the end of this book, when you reach the end of that last paragraph, can you hear the, can you ASMR hear these pages that are flipping? Um, you know, the book ends and it's 118 pages and it's like Conan said meaner than usual, blah, whatever. And then it says about R.L. Stein and there's a quick little about the author. And then the next page when you flip in this, it's the whole page is completely black except for a glowing cat eye. And it's a sneak preview. You'll never guess what R.L. Stein has in store for you. And then it says, welcome to the new millennium of fear. Goosebumps series 2000. Check out this chilling preview of what's next from R.L. Stein. Cry of the cat so this is like make way for the 25 books in the goosebumps series 2000 books which there are some really excellent dark nasty twisted books in but like we said earlier that's not what we're going to be doing next actually we're going to be doing the retros i keep wanting to say career retrospective which doesn't make sense the retrospective of the goosebumps books and then we'll be launching into other additional goosebumps books that came out around this time before the goosebumps series 2000 i'd like to point out that Readers at the time um, didn't have to wait long for Series 2000. It started the next month. Yeah, it was immediate. So it was kind of seamless and immediate. And I think, again, it was, I I don't know this for sure, but the idea of the books need to be bigger, badder, scarier, um, you know, spice up the series a little bit. And everything at the time was like 2000, everything 2000. Yeah. You know, and this was 1998, going into 1998, of course, and 2000 sounded very sexy and futuristic. And, you know, Cry the Cat looks aggressive and there's going to be a different look and a different feel for it. But there, again, are so many books that were coming out in addition to the original um, 62 and books that had corresponding TV episodes. Yes, that's right. We have not reviewed all of the television no, episodes No, there's still left. so many. There's, I think, a dozen left. Yeah, so, so get ready. Um, I want to give a couple quick shout-outs to some people that reached out to us. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to say hi to Mr. Hyde666 Ooh. on Instagram, who who um, gave us some good advice about how to um, move forward with um, an order of certain things in the podcast. And then um, they didn't leave their name, but we got a really nice email from, we'll just call them JDG. um, uh, Sent us a nice, sweet email. So glad um, to hear from you and happy to get you, reignite your love for Goosebumps and introduce it to your six-year-old son. It's so sweet. Aww. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. I feel like something happened recently where we got a whole bunch new a whole bunch new followers or subscribers because I've been maybe you feel the same deal. I don't I, I don't know. But I've been getting a whole new slew of comments and DMs and tweets and things like that, which are so exciting and I love it. Yeah, keep it up, keep it up. You can say hey to me keep on Instagram. Up, keep um, I'm Daniel X Montgomery or on Twitter I'm just Daniel Montgomery. My Twitter is iRobotUJane and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. And that's that's how you do it, bitch. And that's how you do it, bitch. <laughs> well, um, thank you for joining us today and getting through Monster Blood 4. And and thank you for joining us today. We look very forward to continuing to move forward in this series. Oh my gosh, there's so many more gotcha scares and giggles that Ooh. is coming, <laughs> including our next episode, which I'm very excited about. Ooh, so we'll see you there. If you dare. <laughs> <laughs>